All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. We're so glad that you have joined us on the program today. Um, as per usual, we have Pastor Russ Herman from Cloverdale Reformed Church with Good us. Good to be here. You just got back from Florida. I did. Was that nice? It was wonderful. We I just got back from the Ligonier Conference, and it was a conference on ethics. Um, I can't think of a, a more pertinent topic for today than Now, did they than use that. the Ten Commandments? They did not. They could I, have, shouldn't but have they asked, I shouldn't have asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> they they just delved into different topics, okay. ethical issues that are facing the church today. Okay, so it's it just, just more contemporary stuff. Yeah, and if you just get the the Lickinear app on your phone, you can listen to all of the conferences. Um, there were just wonderful talks given on um, just various issues, um, ethical issues of the day. Um, be sure to listen to the question and answer on Saturday. Um, it, I was I was laughing so hard I was crying. <laughs> it was so funny. And then we have a couple special guest hosts today, Ryan Hempel from Treasure Valley Reformed Church. How you doing, brother? Doing well. Thank you for having me. Yep. I'm glad you're here. And then uh, Ben Rao, he's one of our pastoral interns at The Well Church. How you doing, brother? I am very well. We're so glad you're here today. So am I. Can I just go into the shallows very quickly yes, before please. we hit our topic? Because we're talking about creation and when I my kids were younger, um, I used to read them the Chronicles of Narnia series from C.S. Lewis. And if you've never read that, I would encourage you to read The Magician's Nephew. Mm-hmm. Um, C.S. Lewis's um, creative looking at creation through an allegory is just, I think, just wonderfully done. Mm-hmm. And there's some great ins- insights into that. Isn't that um, where the lion is singing creation into existence? Yes. Yep. And there's a line in there by C.S. Lewis that basically there's this Andrew, Uncle Andrew is there watching all of this happen. And even though he can watch the lion do this, he's he's denying that it's true. And C.S. Lewis has this kind of offhand comment that says, this is the issue with people that of stupid people that in essence... <laughs> They can deny the reality of something because they don't want the reality of something to be true. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a wonderful little off comment in this children's mm-hmm. book that yeah. I think captures so well um, this whole idea of creation and what God on display all around us. Yeah. And the fact that we are not willing to see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not willing to see God as creator all around us. Well, even as Christians. Um, Trip talks about this that um, we can become so familiar with creation that we stop being in awe yeah. of mm-hmm. what we see. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 smell of flowers, the looking mm-hmm. at a a cell under a, a microscope, um, the the peering. In. I I was at a, a friend of mine's house here two summers ago, and he invited me at midnight, and he said, "I want you, I want to show you Jupiter." Mm. So it was clear dark night and and looked through his powerful telescope and I could see the red spot on Jupiter and it actually brought the fear of God over me. Mm. Like I felt instantly smaller than I normally feel. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to let that one go. (laughs) I I knew here. Pretty sure it's not allowed. Short jokes. Um. Oh, they're allowed. They're allowed. (laughs) It was Steve Lawson basically telling Fat jokes <laughs> about Dr. Godfrey that had me laughing so hard in the last Q and A at Ligonier. It is worth the the listen. Now, if you're listening, we are we are not 
telling fat jokes. No, here. we are not. And and for this, that was an, an ironic <laughs> statement because Dr. Robert Godfrey is obviously not fat. Right. No. Um, okay, so <laughs> let me reel us back in here. Right. <laughs> you, the the glorious glorious of creation. Yes, the glories, <laughs> the glories of creation. Um, mm-hmm. So um, we were talking about this off the air, Pastor Ryan, about the two records of creation. Can you walk us through that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you pick up a Bible and you start reading through and, you know, could be your first time, could be your hundredth time, you know, you're reading along Genesis chapter one, creation weekends. And then all of a sudden in chapter two, you, you have what looks like another creation account. And, um, I think it's important just as we read God's word, it's, it's not a contradiction, contradiction in mm-hmm. any way that God has. Um, what God is doing is the, first chapter gives us this broad overview of how he did it um, and his power on display and how he spoke things into being and even shows and puts man in his place of the special relation. I mean, all the other things are kind of spoken into existence, but when it gets to man, it's, it's more of a, um, well, chapter two really does this, highlights it. It goes back to that sixth day of when God created um, Adam and Eve and shows just the intimate nature um, in which God created man. I mean, it's almost like, um, God, instead of speaking it, he, he goes in, he gets his hand in the dirt and he starts forming this human body out of the dust and breathes life into it. You can imagine, you know, the flesh coming alive and everything and Adam taking his first breath. And really, I mean, it's one of the wonderful things as I picture that account is, I mean, what is the first thing that Adam saw when he opened his eyes? It's the face of God and what a marvelous first thing to see. Mm. And uh, that's what, you know, that kind of going back to day six kind of gives us. And then the creation of woman as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that it's not good for man to be alone. I was reminded of that this week. I I have to dig some French drains uh, along the side of one side of my house, especially to get rid of some water that just kind of stands there. And I've been, putting it off because it's really hard packed clay and rock and imagining digging through it. And my wife kept I'm saying, I'm from the Midwest and I've come to the conclusion that they don't actually have dirt here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or they scrape it off when they build new houses and then they no, sell no, it they back to you. No, they don't actually have dirt. <laughs> <laughs> but my wife recommended, hey, you should get a trencher. And I was like, ah, I don't know. But she talked me into it and I did it 20 minutes. It took me 20 minutes to trench out so it's not good for man to be alone because we Lord need willing, <laughs> our wives are wise and uh they have good ideas yeah and we need to listen to them sometimes <laughs> when you think of the creation of man um the intimacy of that that moment that yeah. act of creation it's as if god was saying um i want my hands all over this aspect of creation he mm. speaks everything else into existence but not with man yeah. yep. he fashions and forms man with his hands anthropomorphically speaking mm-hmm. and then breathes into his nostrils i mean he's so close to adam it's to like bring life yeah and you think about the intimacy of that moment mm-hmm. that god um condescends because God doesn't need to, to create man that way. He can create man however he wants and he can create man exactly like he's created the rest of creation yeah. and he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And he decides instead to in fact, I mean, quote unquote, get his hands dirty 
um, because he wants to be that intimately involved Mm -hmm. with the creation of man. Mm. Um, And that the woman must come out of man. That he's saying, I want that type of intimacy, not just between me and man, but I want that same intimacy between man and woman. Yeah. Mm. That the woman comes out of that which I love so much that I fashioned with my own hand. I want woman to also come out of that. Yeah. So that they are are one just as I'm one with 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 my creation. Yeah. So there's some really instructive words too. It's not good for Man to be alone, as you mentioned. Um, All you have to do is go to a dorm room, a <laughs> dorm room, and you know that statement to be true. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yes. Um, part of being made in the image of of God is that we would reflect His communal nature as Father, Son, and Spirit. And um, man by himself doesn't fully. Um, so, so it's not as if God created man and then he's like, "Oh man, I didn't do this right." He right. he's teaching us a he's teaching us a story. Yeah. He's narrating the events so that we would learn, not that that he's learning in the in the process of creation itself. So, right. um, well, let's ask a question um, about theistic evolution. That's somewhat. Um, somewhat popular um, throughout the last few decades. Um, what would you say to the professing Christian who says they believe the Bible, um, but they don't hold to a special creation, rather they hold to what's called theistic evolution? I think I would just start with just this working premise of we need to care more about what God thinks than we care about what culture around us thinks. And really what happens is the church has gotten itself in trouble time and time again, not just on creation, but on other issues, because in essence we give too much weight to certain perspectives and ideas and thoughts that permeate our society, and then we impose them upon the church, upon God's Word, and come up with with ways in order to accommodate. And what we need to do is say, there are things that I do not understand. There are things that I can't understand because I'm a finite being trying to understand the infinite. And so that I have to come to grips with my own limitations and say, I believe this by faith. Yes. Which is really where Hebrews comes, Hebrews 11, Mm -hmm. with the creation of the world, that you have to say, I'm not going to understand everything, and I need to quit thinking that I'm God, and I can. And really what has happened is theologians have a God complex, and they've said, oh, wait, I need to make this work, and so I'm going to to manipulate the text, and I'm going to keep working on this to make sure that I am thought well of by the scientific world and can have a place at the table. And we have to say, why do I want a place at that table so much? Real real quick, just parenthetically, um, the same pressure we are being – we feel the same pressure today in the category of sexuality. Absolutely. Oh, oh, you Christians? Absolutely. You believe there's binary – Binary sexes. Well, mm. you, you don't get a, a place at the table. So yep. that's the end of the parenthesis. But this pressure is on us. And if you step back and just look historically at this, you'll find that time and time again, the same pressure has existed throughout the ages, mm-hmm. and the church has not done well with it. That time and time again, we go back and we say, okay, I want to be thought well of by people that hate me. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and what is it that, that, that we're listening to? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's the age-old question of the serpent, did God really say? Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Remember John Piper uh, was talking about this uh, 2 Corinthians 4 4 the, the God of this world has blinded them from seeing the you know the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ um, why would we capitulate to unbelievers when the Bible says they're not going to see it anyway mm-hmm. now our hope is that we would those unbelievers would, would be saved but they're never you can't compromise with unbelief no, no. and I would just say theistic evolution if you subscribe to that, you're going to have to give away some things that that are pretty foundational to our faith. I mean, you have to give away a historical Adam created in the image of God. Which cre- Jesus testified to yes. in, in the Gospels. Yep. And, and if you give away a historical Adam, in some ways you're giving away the, the implications of the second Adam. Yep. And I, I don't think you want to do that. Right. Let me just say that more strongly. You don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. um, because our foundation of our faith rests upon a second Adam, yes. fulfilling what the first Adam did not fulfill. Yeah. I mean, you, you introduce death into creation um, before the fall. Yeah. Um, and then and, you have God saying, well, that's good. Right. Yes. Right. right. And what did Christ deliver? I mean, what, the final enemy is death. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so... Yeah. Why is Christ delivering us from death if death was a part of the order to begin right. with? Yeah, um, great book by um, edited by J.P. Moreland, Theistic Evolution. You can read more on it there. But before we get off the air today, um, Pastor Ryan, you guys have a conference coming up um, tonight, starting tonight. Yes, we do. Yeah, starting tonight, April first, uh, six p.m. Uh, it's the whole Bible in six sessions. So each session is about 40, 45 minutes long. Could we'll, you teach the whole Bible in six sessions? No. That's why I invited a, another pastor to come in. Uh, his name is Reverend Tim McCracken. Uh, he can. And he that can is do a it name, really well. McCracken. That sounds like a, a very powerful yes. name. He's got to be a great Bible teacher if you have a name like that. He is. Godly, gracious, wonderful man. So, and, where can uh, they sign up quickly? Oh, uh, BoiseReformPresbyterian.com on All our right. website. And there's more information there. And we'd love to see you. All right. This has been the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time. 